Hi, whenever you're listening to me, I hope you're staying safe and doing well. I'm Hari Arakali and this is today's Tech Briefing. In this program... So, Galaxy in a nutshell is a company which is building small satellites which will do earth observation, which will capture meaningful data sets and imagery globally and, you know, thus providing meaningful insights to the customers. That's after these headlines. Facebook, Instagram and WhatsApp all had major outages yesterday for many hours and earlier today issued statements that they were coming back online gradually. Outage tracking site Down Detector logged tens of thousands of reports for each of the services CNN reported. The reason for the outages is not clear, although some security experts have said the failure of a domain name system, which translates website addresses into computer-readable formats, could be the culprit, according to the CNN report. Baiju's India's most valuable startup, is raising up to 2,200 crore rupees, or about $300 million in fresh funding, Economic Times reports. The investment is led by Ox Short Venture Fund, regulatory filings sourced through business intelligence platform Toffler showed, the paper said. Over the last two years, the EdTech startup has made a raft of acquisitions, expanding its operations in the US and Britain. Edelweiss's Crossover Opportunities Fund, Verishan Multi-Strategy Master Fund, XN Exponent Holdings, and Market X Ventures will also participate in the Series F funding round for the Bangalore company, according to ET. The first lawsuit linking a death to a ransomware attack has been filed in the US, the Wall Street Journal reports. Tirani Kidd, the woman who filed the lawsuit, blames the death of her baby on insufficient care provided by the hospital where she gave birth, alleging that the hospital missed troubling signs about the baby because it was under a ransomware attack at the time. The baby was born with severe brain damage and died nine months later. Kid, who went to the Spring Hill Medical Center in Alabama in July 2019 to give birth, says she wasn't aware that the hospital was facing a ransomware attack at the time. Several of the center's electronic systems were inaccessible because of the attack, according to the lawsuit, according to the journal's report. Biocon, a biopharmaceuticals company in Bangalore, has launched Iverolimus, a generic version of Affinitor, a cancer drug in the US, the company said in a press release yesterday. Iverolimus tablets have been introduced in four strengths of 2.5 mg, 5 mg, 7.5 mg and 10 mg. The commercial launch of Iverolimus follows a US FDA approval in February 2021. Affinitor was originally made by Novartis. SmartStaff, a blue-collar workforce management platform startup, previously called QuickWork, has raised $4.3 million in funding from Bloom Ventures, Nexus Venture Partners and Arkham Ventures, along with Gemba Capital and some angel investors, according to a press release. Earth observation satellites are an emerging opportunity for India's private space tech startups. These new ventures are developing new technologies to improve on existing systems and make more accurate data available that could help businesses in multiple sectors, from agriculture to urban infrastructure to forests conservation. I spoke to Suyash Singh, Daniel Chavra and their professor Satya Chakravarti at the Indian Institute of Technology, Madras, about their satellite startup, 
Galaxy. Here's more from our conversation. Okay, uh, Professor Satya, uh, Sugesh, uh, Daniel, uh, welcome to this podcast. Uh, thank you so much for making time for this. Uh, for folks who are uh, not familiar with your work, uh, uh, of course, in general, uh, you know, IIT Madras and uh, many of the startups that have come out of there are uh, now increasingly well known. But uh, specifically with Galaxy, for people who may not be familiar with your work, maybe. it would help if uh, suyesh uh, you and denil could uh, give us a brief backgrounder on how you came to start galaxy and we could go from there sure suyesh you want to go <clears throat> yeah prof thank you so much uh, thank you so much hari for having us here on the podcast today um, so galaxy in a nutshell is a company which is building small satellites which will do earth observation which will capture meaningful data sets and imagery Uh, globally and you know thus providing meaningful insights to the customers uh, we started in april 2020 as a stealth mode startup we were pretty much in stealth mode but we were actively involved with professor satya and you know other iitm startups as well to to you know get more aware of the market to get more customer discovery and all of those things and from uh, previously you know before starting galaxy space we were all a part of team avishka hyperloop uh, which was a deep tech project at iit madras and it's it was a competition team which basically participated in spacex hyperloop contest in 2019 and we were the only asian finalists to do, to do so so that gives that gave us a lot of motivation to go ahead and do a lot more and thus you know uh, after participating in the competition we thought to venture into space technologies and in space technology specifically we found a great fit on our aspirations with the earth observation market and the, hence we started in april 2020 we took very baby steps understanding the market understanding the technology to solve the problem and uh, in a year or so we understood that really well and incorporated in 2021 mm. uh so when you say earth observation uh can you talk about uh, what galaxy will do i mean i uh, from the a little bit of news that is out there uh, i gather that you want to build a constellation of satellites but uh, beyond that uh, i'm pretty much ignorant about what galaxy uh, is about sure uh so we are building you know advanced micro satellites with a very different sensors which are not available today or which are not you know enough to gather correct information or you know meaningful information from the space so there are two kinds of sensors currently which are available in the market one is the optical sensors which captures the rgb imagery or the optical imagery uh, from earth another is radar sensors you know which which captures microwave spectrum um, which is basically the reflectance of some signals and you know which we receive at the uh, which is basically reflectance of some signals and uh, getting back those signals in some form and doing a signal processing on top of it and creating an imagery so the imagery comes from two forms one being the multispectral sensor another is radar sensor now these two sensors uh, don't go hand in hand lot of times and they are pretty complementary in nature so one particular sensor each solves one use case another sensor solves another use case so we are basically trying to you know club these two into one and trying to get the 
third kind of sensor which is our innovation and ip so it is not exactly optical or it is not exactly radar and we are calling it as drishti sensor so this sensor essentially captures the information which we, which is not exactly optical or radar but somewhere in between and which is very tailor made to the deep learning applications of today so this particular sensor will now go inside a satellite and this satellite will uh, will replicate into few more satellites thus forming a constellation so in a nutshell you know the, this constellation will be operational in next 5 to 10 years and uh, the constellation will then provide uh, data as a service to the customers and this data will be used to derive insights hmm. can you uh, explain this a little bit more uh, what is the advantage of uh, this kind of a combination of two different uh, types of sensor technologies and uh, when you say tailor made to deep learning application maybe you could give us a couple of specific examples of these applications where these kind of sensors would be useful sure so uh, th- these kind of applications if you see uh, sar or radar uh, is very helpful when it comes to geom- uh, sensing geometries or when it comes to sensing moisture levels of uh, the uh, soil or other things you know but optical is more of more or less like a uh, sensor which captures imagery and have much more color colors and you know uh, much more meaningful information like you know we have red band green band and blue band like an rgb imagery so you know both of these complement each other and thus you know makes much more meaningful data set than um, than before uh now a couple of use cases uh, let's just say you know there is a uh, there was a scenario in african settlements where uh, there was a white grass a white dry grass which was spread across the field and uh, there was a hut in between which people were not able to identify using optical sensors but with radar sensors they can identify but you know with alone radar sensors they were not able to understand uh, what is the location but uh, using optical sensors they they will be so it's a complementary data set and if you combine you will be able to do wonders with that mm. uh, just to uh, you know kind of get a layman's sense of uh, why these kinds of applications and technologies are important uh, i mean the, the example you you gave me uh, does help me understand that these sensors are able to do something that radars alone or optical sensors alone won't be able to do but the combined version would be able to do maybe you could also talk about uh, why why those are, why that is significant i mean if you are able to differentiate you know, to, you know topography etc uh, with these kind of sensors uh, how will that uh, actually help in different sectors right so uh, most of the time you know earth is covered by clouds now uh, the radar sensor is one of those sensors which can penetrate clouds and capture some meaningful imagery from the earth and now optical sensors cannot penetrate clouds and capture the imagery on a particular area of interest so you know if we have a combined data set you know or the sensor that we are innovating which which gives the data set between the two will now be more meaningful because we have some properties of sar and some properties of optical this this gives much more accurate information even when it is cloudy 
or when it is night so uh, this basically opens up a market wherein you know we are increasing the availability of optical imagery even when it is cloudy or night time and on the other hand we are increasing the usefulness of sar because sar is just the reflectance of objects you know we are not able to detect more features uh, using sar like you know uh, ships detecting ships or buildings and other things so we will be able to detect more features because we have optical in case of sar and will be able to make optical more available you know because uh, there is radar to correct it for the clouds and night time imagery mm. i mean just uh, for the sake of uh, uh, you know uh, kind of letting our listeners know uh, is sar an acronym uh, what does it stand for yeah sorry my bad it's the synthetic aperture radar it's a radar sensor itself but a modified version of radar uh, when you say constellation of satellites uh, what is the minimum number of satellites that you will require for your uh, technologies to be effective so uh, the technology would be effective from a single satellite also but uh, we would be going to uh, for our first constellation we would be going for 15 satellites now what this will actually do is increase the you know revisit capability at any point of earth and uh, it will uh, bring down the uh, bring the revisit up to two times a day so uh, we would be able to uh, bring the capabilities from a single satellite as well but the constellation will uh, help us to you know revisit uh, any area of interest on earth uh, by two times a day mm. um one quick question is uh, the uh, i i would imagine this constellation is uh, what you would call uh, low earth orbit uh, satellite constellation uh, these days uh, there's a fair amount of interest and uh, um, quite a few companies and startups uh, are uh, you know uh, getting into this space and from very large as you know from very large companies like amazon and uh, to uh, Uh, startups uh, out of india as well um can you uh, give us a sense of uh, how your drishti sensor based uh, satellite constellations will be different so uh, most of the uh, set, uh, satellites which are there from uh, you know amazon or starlink are basically uh, uh, inter- uh, communication satellites so what they are primarily trying to do is uh, you know provide internet through satellite communication but ours is a earth uh, you know earth observation satellite but since uh, and then there is a trade off like uh, if you have satellites in low earth orbit uh, the speed of the satellite with respect to earth is very high so you you don't uh, get much time for to look at a particular area of interest but uh, in, in the same time you can reduce the mass of the satellite uh, so what what uh, we, what we are trying to do using a, a, a constellation of satellite is to uh, basically try to achieve same uh, you know uh, uh, amount of uh, revisit time on a uh, uh, on a point on the ground uh, by increasing the number of satellites in a lower orbit and reducing the you know overall uh, mass of the satellite mm. professor satya uh, you are of course involved in uh, other uh, uh, deep tech startups at uh, iit madras as well uh, can you uh, give us a sense of uh, you know the kind of big changes that you have seen uh, especially in recent years that are helping uh, these kinds of collaborations 
between the IITs and the entrepreneurs, and of course, some of them are coming out of the IITs itself. Yeah, so I think there is a change in mindset that I, that I can see more than anything else, uh, which it is like the driver. I think uh, in the last few years, we have seen people trying to take a shot at uh, uh, developing products which have uh, use cases and are also reasonably affordable to develop with uh, venture capital. So I think it's a combination of um, things getting miniaturized, things getting more commonplace, like with uh, things like 3D printing or batteries becoming more commonplace. Some of these technologies are uh, allowing for uh, a cost disruptions to happen. I think uh, the analysis capabilities that are now more commonplace, which are more robust, which are more uh, amenable to doing practical uh, develop product development, all of these things are becoming more commonplace. And um, and and uh, the much more than that, as I said, it's a mindset. So. When all these things have been around or they're emerging, uh, it's also that um, young people are waking up to these, um, developing business cases around uh, small products that they can afford to develop with all these tools and technologies that are emerging, all the bits and pieces that they can piece together and uh, put them in a very innovative way, look at competition, look at uh, their differentiation. So a lot of things are kind of coming together is what I can see. And this is actually a very good sign where um, I believe it's important for us to focus on these high-tech areas um, that are specifically like aerospace nature, like uh, whatever I'm being associated with, whether it is rockets or satellites or planes and engines and so on. Because the moment we are able to actually showcase that this is possible, then it can unleash a lot of imagination from a huge uh, young generation of people that they could probably do pretty much a lot. And we can also see that happening in the EV space where uh, of course it's been a preserve of uh, large companies so far, but uh, we also see um, quite a few startups coming up and uh, doing a fairly good job of uh, putting products out in the market, um, even in a B2C space, which is not so easy because previous B2C uh, offerings have been in the nature of uh, startups and e-commerce and so on uh, where it's probably okay to actually go wrong and okay the server would be down and payment may not happen and you have to sort out all those issues but it's not really a kind of like life-threatening but um, when you're now making like a e-scooter or something of that sort it has to be very very reliable it has to take care of all the potholes in the road so it it's it's a lot more different game when you're now trying to actually do mechanical or electromechanical devices that are uh, plumb, plumb in the hardware space when compared to what it used to be. So there's this transition is actually an amazing right to be in and uh, or, or at least to be uh, uh, having a inside view of and that's exactly what my position is. Mm. Uh, and just yesterday I was trying to you know learn something about uh, Galaxy. I mean I had a uh, meeting all of you and I came across this news that uh, there is also now a new uh, consortium of uh, a few startups and uh, uh, something called the IIT Madras Pravartak Technologies. Uh, can you tell us about this consortium? Right. So I'm I'm the one who is heading the consortium. So um, and Galaxy is actually very much part of it. Um, so one of the reasons why I'm 
have been interested in Galaxy just as well as uh, Agnikul and so on is we need to close the gaps in space technology. And, um, and, and I think um, Dr. Pawan Goenka has also made this point uh, being the in-space chairman uh, yesterday or day, day before that we are still not uh, doing enough on the downstream space technologies in terms of uh, making use of available data from satellites that ISRO has put up or uh, any other ones, which could be which would be available uh, in uh, with open access for uh, making use of uh, them and uh, coming up with some useful products that they can that they can or services that they can actually get customers off. So, uh, but but the downstream segment is actually a lot more worth because once the data is there, we can just do a lot of things with it that can squeeze is useful information uh, from it and so on. On the other hand, the upstream technologies of uh, the launch vehicle and the satellite, the satellite itself being kind of like a platform for useful payloads that will generate the data. Um, all of these things are actually the hard nuts to crack and have been the preserve of uh, space agencies which are funded by governments for uh, many decades so far. And uh, what we are trying to do at um, the ISTAC.DB, which is the consortium, uh, that's uh, Indian Space Technology Applications Consortium uh, dot, uh, Design Bureau. Um, I mean, the dot, dot is actually like a network, network of consortium members. Yeah. So uh, what we're doing at ISTAC.DB is to essentially string together a set of people who will fill all the gaps that are there for uh, all for all the way from uh, the uh, the backend technologies all the way to the or, the or the upstream technologies all the way to the downstream technologies so that uh, we are in a position to offer uh, if somebody wants actually some piece of information um, that that could be obtained from space uh, how to get that information what should be the payloads that need to be done and uh, how should they be integrated in the satellite and how the satellite should be um, uh, launched and uh, what should be the ground support that is obtained, that is provided for it. All of that stuff has to be uh, thought about. And um, so we, that's what this consortium is essentially uh, attempting to do with uh, these uh, space startups that, that are coming up today. Uh, so yes, uh, Daniel, uh, can you talk about uh, your current uh, funding uh, levels and uh, going forward, what are your uh, most important uh, next immediate priorities, whether it is funding or your technology development. Uh, can you talk about that? Sure. Uh, so Galaxy Space has been funded uh, uh, one round. Like we have got one round of funding previously, which we have called as pre-seed round. So it's an undisclosed funding as of now. Uh, we are currently, uh, you know, we are currently utilizing those funds to build the team and uh, to achieve our next milestone. So we have, you know, divided our whole journey into three parts. First being doing lab level experiments. Second is, you know, testing the technology or the IP on an aerial platform, you know, which is probably on quadcopters or other stuff. And then finally, we launched the satellite. So, of course, uh, we would require a little more funds going ahead. So we'll be raising uh, another round of funding in six to 12 months. Uh, apart from that, you know, we have been uh, current. Uh, currently, we have our complete focuses uh, with a with a young team of uh, individuals that we perfect the technology and the IP that we have, 
and uh, you know produce uh, the meaningful data set and insights delivery mechanisms and of course uh, you know at the same time talking to a lot of potential customers and partners uh, and get gaining their interest over time at the same time you know we are very interested in opening up to the world uh, telling about the data set and how this data set is going to open more b2b segments rather than b2g so if you see previously satellite imagery has a history of uh, getting utilized satellite imagery were only utilized most of the satellite imagery was utilized by defense and uh, governments previously but now more commercial in industries you know like uh, power utilities water utility utilities and uh, construction industry all of these people have started to look into this kind of imagery and that is going to make a lot of sense to them and we want to enable and facilitate this b2b market as much as possible you know and we are taking a route of machine learning and deep learning applications as it's the talk of the town and as well as you know it is something that has i mean that hasn't has to start from scratch most of the industries today have capabilities in terms of you know their deep learning technology stack and now satellite imagery is another component that can very well fit together in their uh, existing technology stack and you know they don't have to disrupt what they already have so in that way you know our focus is to achieve few milestones enable customers and to to take this market ahead from b2g towards you know b2b as well okay excellent uh, one quick question uh, in terms of a tentative uh, timetable uh, when would you expect to uh, launch your uh, first satellite so we are planning to launch our first satellite by 2023 q4 and uh, that will be the time where uh, we by the time uh, you know uh, we'll be testing our payloads on uh, lab level platforms and other aerial platforms as well and so by q3 we'll be uh, launching our first satellite and sooner than that in q1 2024 we'll be uh, able to uh, you know give away imageries to the customers for their utilization okay excellent uh, really interesting uh, conversation uh, the interest of time we'll have to stop this conversation here but i definitely hope to keep the conversation going uh, professor satya suresh danil thank you so much again for making time for this Thank you so much, Hari. Thank you so much, Hari. Thank you very much, Hari. Thanks a lot. That was Satya Chakravarti, Suyash Singh, and Daniel Chawda. That's it for this briefing. You can find all our podcasts on ForbesIndia.com and on your favorite podcast apps. I'm Hari Arakli. Thank you for listening.